Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Zeno Chat, the Zeno Gears Villains episode. Yeah, this is a really exciting one. But I figured I'd uh, take a second to talk to you about it real quick because there's something to say about this episode. It is kind of a weird one for us at least. So, long story short, I ran into some issues, and those issues included me losing all of my audio from that session. It was like a four-hour session, all of it gone. Yep, four whole hours of my life down the gutter. Fun, isn't it? <laughs> so what we did basically was uh, I re-recorded my audio for that episode. A cat actually recorded without their headphones, and I could actually hear myself in their recording, so I basically dubbed over myself for that episode. So if I sound a bit weird or out of place, that's probably why, but I have full faith that Tyler will be editing this into something that sounds somewhat coherent. So yeah, that's going to be what you're going to hear today. Hopefully it sounds great, and hopefully you all enjoy it. In any case, thank you guys for supporting us as always. Y'all are beautiful. Y'all are awesome. Enjoy the episode. of Zenochet. I'm one of the hosts, Tyler, along with Justin. What's going on, everyone? All right, we got a big panel with us today. Uh, first up, we have Kat. Hello. And we have Mary. Hello. And we have Chris. Hi. And we have Brielle. Hello. And we got Jesse. Hi. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Zeno Chat. Um, so we got a big cast today because we got a big topic that we're going to be working on, and that is villains throughout the Zeno series. Everybody's um, so favorite. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got. I mean, there's all sorts of different factions and different levels of villains throughout the series, but, um. They always, in, throughout the Zeno games, always have to have, like, really good villains. Yeah. Um, They're often very much a gray-colored villain, as in, like, they, they have mm -hmm. actual pretty complex ideals and stuff that just mm -hmm. are, like, the other side of the coin. But, like, it's... They're not always just there to be evil. They're just, like, complex and well-made, you know? <laughs> Oh yeah. Also, question: uh, Did Jesse ever do her uh, intro? <gasps> You're right, Jesse. <laughs> you, this, this. Thank you for remembering, Mary. Yeah, it, uh, Jesse. This will be the first episode where you can actually go into your Zeno backstory. Oh, um, would you like to share that with us? Yes. Um, so by Zeno backstory, you mean like how I discovered the games and whatnot? How you got into exactly. Zeno, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, so how I got into Zeno was um, I was a kid with a PS2 and my a very large interest in anime that was finally like... Be 
being known and understood to my mom. And she would often for Christmas, like shop out of the bargain bin. Right. And uh-huh. what I think happened was, um, one day I want to say Christmas of like 2004, she probably went into Best Buy and was like, Oh yes, I have found an anime for fourteen ninety nine. It is the greatest hits, and I would like to purchase this one anime for my daughter. Um, and I received it for Christmas. And I, for like the first year, I was a little bit too young to like understand it. I guess I tried to play it once, and it didn't really click. Um, and then I came back to it, and I really, really got into it and enjoyed it. Um, and the rest is history for another episode. But now I'm here, <laughs> and still talking about Xenosaga many years later. So, hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. Thanks, Grandma. You- yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Grandma. Does that make me great, 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 Grandma? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you recently uh, started Xenogears, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, I did a little trip Twitch stream uh, earlier this week where um, I played about the first three hours of Xenogears. We got out of the forest. Um, nice. Ellie tried to shoot me. Huh. <laughs> As she does. Um, As she does. Satane came in a big old steampunk crab and saved us. So, when <laughs> Sidon comes, like comes into the scene, which is some random thing you found somewhere, and just go like, "Hey, I'm gonna save you with this giant weird robot thing I found." <laughs> it was like three hours of I know this guy and being like, "Wow, Faye is actually a goofball." <laughs> <laughs> Always a first for everybody. Everybody okay. looks at Faye and thinks, oh, I'm going to be really brooding. And then you find out, no, he's just a goofball teenager. <laughs> they make him look so angry for no reason. <laughs> well, speaking of Xenogears, that will be our first pit stop in this Villain Express we got going on here. Um, so shall we get started? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's kind of s- start on like kind of the bottom rung of villains. Um, how about that Vandercam? Um, <laughs> I love the description y'all got going on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wrote that. I called him a cross-faced doofus with a temper. Yep, that's <laughs> exactly enough, right? what he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he gets. He's part of. Is he part of Gepler or is he part of? He's, he's, I, okay, he's one yes. of Ramses's soldiers, I think. Uh, or he falls under the command of Ramses. Uh, but he's uh, not not a very good soldier. <laughs> isn't yeah. he? No, yeah, he gets demoted, doesn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he loaned out to Eva? Eva, uh, I think so. Ave. That's that's Ave. Okay, it's Ave. Yeah. Okay. I think I've it's always Ave. been so unclear on some of the pronunciations for this for this um, segment. I think later on, it, I can't cool. remember when, but uh, 
he also gets uh, some power from Graf, and that's how he kind of goes away. <laughs> yeah, he gets uh, yeah he gets uh, souped up from Graf, but then uh, then but I then, think uh, we 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 smack him to dust, basically, or he explodes or something. <laughs> that and uh, Faye goes into id mode and just yeah, that too. <laughs> I think the he's crap the first person that Graf gives the power to. I believe yeah, so. Yeah, because it was in the desert. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, is he actually really receptive to that offer too? Yeah, he is. From what I remember, anyways. Also, I see this really weird note on the wiki that says the name Vanderkamp may be a reference to Jean Claude Van Damme. Are you kidding me with that? Uh? Whoa! Oh my god! Oh, the wiki. I- I, I would not trust the wiki just because of the history of the wiki. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It's still Where entertaining to go from? check at it. Check yeah. it out, though. But then, uh, we do have Vandom. So, <laughs> but that's like decades later. <gasps> yeah. 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 That's true. Wow. <laughs> oh, who knows? It's so random to pull from. People pull for some interesting yeah. things in general. Yeah. Like, uh, not to get ahead, but some of Cherenkov's story was definitely lifted from Total Recall. And I think there's a, a, a love of uh, action movies <laughs> among uh, some of the, the monolith devs. <laughs> I could definitely believe that. I could believe that too, actually. <laughs> but yeah, is there anything else you want to say about him? I think... Uh, uh, I think that's pretty much it, maybe. <laughs> Van, uh, Vanderkam, uh, Vanderkam is one of the uh, the things that uh, oh god he's he's one of the guys that uh, is easy to like one off make references to in later Zilla games that I've noticed. Yeah, because there's always one character in all the Zeno games that's called that, and that's basically. Most of the time, a very similar personality as well. Except the Xenoblade 2 one is probably the only exception, I think. But yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, they made him a, a real character <laughs> uh, as opposed to just like a, a side bit. He's like, I, I think uh, Vander, the Vanders <laughs> are usually uh, stationed <laughs> by uh, the Ramses likes to get beat down and sort of like be not the puppy that gets kicked, but uh, be sort of like, oh, yeah, bad guy in enemy army uh, isn't treated well, doesn't treat others well, and is just like sort of like the uh, line level. Uh, like cashier, the McDonald's cashier, <laughs> bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we move to the next okay. one? Yeah. So next we have uh, Ellie's. Well, I I call him the Dork Squad, but um, can't remember what the retrograde guys called them. I had a funny name for them, but anyway, it's uh, the uh. They're also Gebler, correct? Or 
Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, it's the yeah the, the squad that was put under Ellie. Um, so that includes Strotsky, Vance, Helmholtz, Rink, and Breuer. Um, yeah, they're they're, they're kind of. I mean, I guess small fry in comparison to the uh, rest of the plot, but they yeah. do show up quite a few times. So uh, mm-hmm. I think once in the desert. Uh, God, I forgot all of the other plays, but <laughs> I know they show up. Oh yeah, there's one time where they also invade uh, Bart's uh, base. That was in the mountain thing. Yep, that's actually that's their, that's their first. Yeah, yeah, that's where they, yeah that's where they're introduced. But I think we see them a bit later as well uh, in the further part of the desert, and maybe another part later. But I forgot. <laughs> I think they show up on disc two. When Ellie is uh, doing her thing where she starts to remember her past lives. (laughs) Yeah. They show up as well when uh, she has drive in her system and Faye has to have a one-on-one battle with her. Yeah, that's something I remember too that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they kind of go through an arc of their own and I know in disc 2 they kind of basically become good guys. So at first they're kind of disrespectful towards Ellie, aren't they? But then they yeah, they are. Turn, oh turn yeah, around. yeah, yeah. Very they much turn so. Turn themselves around. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, so it's basically of, of this mean... group. Uh, sorry. No, go this on. This group. <laughs> um. So uh, with this group. Uh, they're largely, there's five of them, so it's hard to characterize all of them. Um, but uh, Rank sort of speaks for most of them, despite looking sort of like a, a, a rough brute. Uh, but by the end, I think uh, Ellie gets through to him, and then the rest are like, okay, uh-huh. yeah, we, we'll stop being bad guys. And I think yeah. uh, around <laughs> that time is the part where Ramses decides that he wants to destroy Nissan. <laughs> in Vendetta and um, Ellie goes uh, no I don't think so <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves I, I wasn't expecting the small fry to be at the, the top of the dock <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think oh, that's ha- kind of how it went I think it went from uh, the small the, the small small people so we can go ahead and okay. get through them as fast as possible and then yeah. get to the nitty gritty which are the ones that are going to probably be talked about for anywhere from like you know 10 to 40 minutes because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot but yeah Rank is also the most friendly of them even in the beginning he, you could just tell he's he kind of like he's a bit of a brute but he's more so he's just a guy who's doing his job he's the most level headed of them all and throughout the the game he ends up seeing the um he ends up seeing Faye the protagonist more as a rival than an enemy like he'd rather just go ahead and like best him in like a fight instead of a fight to the death kind of thing mm-hmm. but yeah Oh, there's a, there's from what I can remember, one is just very silent, one is more the I guess navigator of the group. I forget about the fourth one, but the last one was I, I remember seeing this guy and going, You are such a jerk. 
<laughs> Which he looks like a jerk. Vance looks like a jerk. He literally looks like one of those like frat boys back in yeah. the 90s, and it makes me so angry. <laughs> he looks like a Kevin type of jerk. He yeah. does. <laughs> I remember being like about Helmholtz's look. Because glasses guy, mm-hmm. like he he looks like a purple glasses version, guy, <laughs> purple version of uh like the aged down handsome version of Hojo that I used to draw back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> FF7. Actually, I can see that. He does look pretty really cool, though. I can see that actually. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think the first time I saw the game when I was like fourteen. Like when I finally actually got to sit down, because I actually tried playing the game as a kid, and I could not, I could not comprehend it, and I didn't pick it back up until I was like, I want to say fourteen, and my friend was playing. And I actually think I remember being like, "Is that like Sephiroth's like brother or something?" <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. we uh, good to move on. Yeah. Okay. So next up was a bit of a surprise, but Hammer, your bro, in Xenogears. Yeah, uh, your bro, he, he your virgin betrays bro. You. Yeah, he betrays yeah. you and yep. killed How Ellie's dare mom. He? How dare he? Uh, I didn't see How that coming at all. How many of you actually saw that coming with him? I did not at all. Gave me trust issues because it just goes to show you that you could have somebody be as friendly as possible to you and they could just turn out to be, well, quite frankly, a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, though I think in the case of Amory, it's also a lot of uh, the circumstance around like the plot where like maybe he felt so trapped to a point that he lost his mind and started being desperate. I think if it was into another type of, like, environment, he would not have yeah. turned the way he did. But, yeah. It was still like, no, why you do this? Why? It, it, it came out <laughs> of left field. could have helped you, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> it really but did yeah. come out of left field. Yeah. Also, Jesse, I hope you're muted because Xenogears spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I hear nothing from Jesse, so uh, thumbs up. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. What we could do is post it in Discord and let Jesse know when it's safe to come back. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, was actually about to suggest good. the same yeah. thing. Be like Jesse. No, listen. Okay. Maybe, maybe yeah. we should make a not safe for Jesse um, role and spoiler tag like we did for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, but yeah, it's it kind of, it's very unfortunate, but I, I guess it's understandable to, based on like how his character he had to he lived in the D block with all the other prisoners, and there was. Wasn't there, like, um, like, big, like, racism against, like, demi-humans in Kislev as well? Or, well, definitely from the, the Emperor. Yeah. Or Kaiser, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, the Kaiser, that's right. So, 
Yeah, but... So it's unfortunate, but I guess I understand. But he, at the end, he did feel bad for what he did. But uh, I wish, I wish he didn't have to, you know, die. Yeah, we were all rooting for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish he like, didn't have to turn the way he did. Uh, but like I said, it's it's part of how like the environment around like. The characters made some of them turn, like, not in the best of ways because of the pressure of what was happening and Uh stuff, you know? So, Uh yeah, he just cracked and could not resist uh, trying to get stronger to get out of whatever he was trapped of. (laughs) And sometimes when you think you have nothing and somebody offers you the power, you just go absolutely... Nuts yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much what happened with him. Sadly. Alright. I think that kind of, that sums it up for Hammer. Uh, okay. He also yeah. gave us... Oh, right. uh, sorry. He also gave us the mad skills line. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we were going to jump to the girls next, right? Yep. The girls, girls, yep. The, <laughs> the Neo girls. elements. <laughs> I, I remember that cat wanna... go jump into that. Yeah, you want to <laughs> take the lead on that cat? <laughs> my, my girls, I love them. I love them forever. Uh, so the Neo elements, uh, Dominia, Kelvana, Talone, and Seraphita uh, are four of my favorite characters in Xenogears, period. Um, uh, Let's see. Uh, they're all of them were uh, sort of misfits uh, that would not generally progress in Solarian society if not for Ramses's uh, penchant for elevating people who are misfits in general. Um, Dominia is a special case among them because uh, she was a survivor of uh, Elru uh, when um, it attacked it, uh, and uh, Dominia in general. Like I'm not gonna push my, <laughs> I'm not gonna push my ship agenda. Uh, but Dominia has a like <laughs> fierce attachment to Ramses because he essentially saved her life. Um, mm-hmm. Seraphita, I think was I don't remember where they found Seraphita, but she was going to be uh, thrown into the Soylent system, and at some point Ramses said, "No, let's keep her. She's she's powerful. It doesn't matter if they're demi-human." I'm <laughs> just sort of like uh, imagining. Ramses as the rock going, it doesn't matter! <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> uh, so we got Dominia Seraphita. Uh, Talone is another weird one. Uh, Talone was a cyborg uh, project. Uh, I, I went into uh, research Talone before the episode, and I always thought that she was one of Krellian's failed experiments, uh, but I don't like his name isn't mentioned on the wiki, uh, and I didn't really have any other source to to go through. But ninety uh, percent of her body is mechanical, uh, including her brain. <laughs> uh, and uh, the introduction of Talon and Seraphita uh, when you fight them uh, at first in uh, Zeboin, uh, they they make a Star Trek reference. <laughs> they make a Star Trek Next Generation reference because. Uh, she has a positronic neutron brain, um, 
which uh, Serafina doesn't understand uh, tech words, so she calls it gin and tonic futon brain. And that sort of sets the two of them up as the dumb one and the smart one. Uh, and it's just, both of them are just very endearing to each other, despite being sort of like punch and Judy to each other. Uh, and it's kind of a toxic relationship to have in real life with somebody. Uh, but in, in the... It, it's not really acceptable, but it's uh, it was amusing in the '90s at the time, and I I love both of these characters, and I I hope they have good days. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> and uh, not to uh, be ignoring uh, Kelvena, but uh, she was I want to say she was a regular Salarian citizen, and she turned out to have like mad ether powers, so she got um, bumped up. But I don't remember if she was first class or third class because, like, I could be remembering Satan onto her a little bit, um, uh, just because um, Neo elements and the previous elements uh, all sort of had corresponding uh, predecessors, um, and Calvena uh, and uh, Satan were uh, both water elements. Um, uh, I forgot this is just going to be tongue in cheek uh, but uh, when I was 16 Xenogears had just come out uh, I was sort of like I, I was in a space where I couldn't be uh, honest to anybody besides myself about my own sexuality and uh, Dominia pushed me over an edge uh, she was uh, my first waifu <laughs> uh, she's mean and terrible and everything that she did like while she was under Solaris was bad but she's one of the ones who sort of woke up near the end and tried to pull Ramses in like out of his pull Ramses's head out of his ass <laughs> when he was <laughs> Uh, when he was doing the final breakdown, uh, and like I was not expecting uh, a sort of bit player character to have that much depth to her, uh, she sort of struck me as the you know sort of like Helga Pataki, <laughs> just like oh my love that I can't say that I love who <laughs> is in love with somebody else, please love me, uh, kind of person. And I, I was sort of the same kind of person in school, too. So it was like, Dominia, my love, you don't know I exist, but you don't exist, so I love you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am very Aww. fond and protective of the girls, uh, and um, I, I love writing for them. Uh, I, and I think that's all the words I have. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> that was great. Yes. They were very, very lovable yeah, characters. Yeah, they were. Like every time they appeared, it's always like pretty, pretty fun. They're also interesting. They were interesting as well too. Um, I just remember the first time I saw them when I was a kid. I the very first thing I thought was was like, oh, magical girls. Oh, they're badass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would always think of them as the Power Ranger girls, especially because <laughs> of that boss. Yeah. First thought, oh, Sailor Moon. Next thought, no Power Rangers. Go, <laughs> <laughs> <Local> Power Ranger. <laughs> now I'm thinking yeah, you summed them up Sarah very, Pizza very well. And... Yeah. Like, Seraphine is like, what is this yeah. very powerful squirrel we found in the garbage? Or the, the 
the rain spout or something. <laughs> I don't remember where they picked up Seraphita. I will <laughs> for the sake of the podcast. I researched Talon, but not Seraphita. And Seraphita, I think Seraphita's power power level is supposed to be the highest of them, so she's supposed to be the de facto leader of the Neo Elements, but it's obviously kind of not the case. Yeah. <laughs> Very. Yeah, Seraphita and Talon's relationship reminds me of uh, Mehoshi and Kione from Tenchi Universe a little bit. It's <laughs> kind of that dynamic of the dumb one and the kind of the strict serious one. <laughs> Not to say that it was anything was inspired on either, but they just remind me of that. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it doesn't say much more than she was saved from being processed in the Soylent system by Ramses. Ah. <laughs> oh, good thing she was. Yep. Kara and Ramses be like, okay. I will save you from being <laughs> thrown into the Soylent system. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in that thing. Yeah, that, that stuff is kinda kinda not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Solaris in general was ugh, bad. Okay. I'm trying very hard well... not to babble about Ramses. <laughs> So, uh, well, yeah, we, we're gonna have we a fun. lot to talk about with him later. Yeah. So let's do graphs, okay, true. and then we'll go later. Yeah, okay, I yeah, give you a little oh, break before we get. Give me a little oh, break. Oh, go on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a question. Um, because when you think about it, did we want to actually include the um entirety of Solaris as a uh, as a section on here? Because the the entire like army of that uh, and like empire of that was actually pretty bad for oh, yeah. a good bit. Yeah, uh, like Solaris is absolutely its own enemy because it's an entire society uh, told the the great big lie that they're special and other people aren't, uh, and that's awful and dangerous and done on purpose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> either by the gazelle. It was either by the gazelle or the emperor himself and or Krillian, but uh, they suck. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're pretty much floating floating space Nazis. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't want to say it, so thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a heck of a thing to call them. <laughs> no problem, but yeah, that's basically it. They're they're really bad, and they they eat people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's worse than eating uh, people? Um, but we can. Well, I don't know. We can go into more of that later, or now, or. Oh, we can go into more of it later. I just wanted, I just figured I would ask because it's like, wait, there's a lot of people in these in these antagonists that are from. Solaris. So, and mm-hmm. that background is just very, very bad and villainous in its own. So, should we include it later on? Yeah, that's more yeah. so my question. Yeah, that society as a whole is just completely awful. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I, oh, I yeah. apologize that my faves all come from there. I hope that doesn't make yeah. me a bad person, but I don't think it does. No, <laughs> it does. No, especially that no, a lot of the people that. 
come from there that you like. Like they tend to have more colors that just you know, like black and white. They're not necessarily evil from the start. It's just Mm -hmm. from where they come and the environment they know. Like they they just you know turn the way they are, but they eventually evolve further than that. So yeah, they redeem themselves, but pretty much in all Mm -hmm. sorts of different ways, just like how a normal human being would go. Which is why we love these characters so much because they're so well written in the first place. They're believable, basically. Also, I kind of hope that our lovely listeners aren't listening to this episode and assuming that we somehow justify and endorse these villains actions because not only would that be missing the point of the episode that's also kind of messed yeah. up yeah we just this is just to talk about villains and games that we like and talk about the things they've done and what they're going through you know we mentioned that Many of these villains are from Solaris, and Solaris is kind of a pretty fucked up place. But it goes to show you that when you're brought up in an environment like that, you might grow up to have a warped view of society yeah. and do some pretty yes. messed up things. It's all about the mindset and the look at how you're raised and everything. Your upbringing it's, determines a lot about yes. your behavior. Yes. And how it's and, important to think for yourself. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Um, but mainly when it comes to these sources of fiction, we are more so also admiring the depth that they that are put into these characters. Because uh, these days, not a lot of people and sources want to go ahead and actually go into these topics. So yeah, exactly. It is, it's important to be able to decipher the difference between fiction and reality. We do not condone any of the actions of these, of, of these, of these characters, and we would never want to do any of this in person. We just, from a fictional standpoint, it's very interesting, it's intriguing, and it's also refreshing to see that there are some people willing to go ahead and show every side of of a coin instead of just the black and white of everything. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like a lot of the characters in this, a lot of the villains in the Xeno series in general are usually more of gray colors where like they, they have mm-hmm. they come from a certain environment that turned them the way they are and they're often extremely like you know, complex and, and some controversial. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, exactly. That aside, uh, so what do we do now? Do we continue with the list or do we add this hilarious thing before continuing? I like, think Solaris later. That's why I was asking about later. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what. Just- Let's continue with the next few villains because I have a feeling that a lot of what we would have said about Solaris we <gasps> will cover with them anyways. And if mm-hmm. there's more we want to say about yeah. Solaris, then we can go back and talk about that. Sound good? Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. So, okay. shall we um, go with bef- the next well, one? Well, hold, hold on. Hold, uh, because hold on. <laughs> what I, I just remembered, this guy, probably not going to spell his name right. Oh, yeah. That guy. Fuck that guy. Oh, oh, Shikan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, fuck that guy. I totally forgot about Shikan. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Finally, I forget about a, 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 a 
I mean, he's a lackey of like, he's basically a tool being used, and yeah, I guess we forgot about him because of that. He's used <laughs> because one is a tool. What black and white villains, and therefore forgettable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly, yeah. Shikan, he, yeah, he, he led a coup against uh, Ave, right? And then he usurped the throne from Bart's father. Yeah, and yeah, he's just—he's just, uh, yeah. As the as you guys said, he's black and white and just a very bleh villain. Very. He one was the, basically one of like the worst boss fights. Mm. That boss fight was terrible. Yeah. But yeah, he was being basically manipulated by uh, Solaris, so he's bleh. Yeah, because from. Solar is the well, they they did mention at some point. I do remember that they did mention something like, "We don't really care who stands in the throne, so as long as we have her puppet type thing." Yeah. So yeah, and another uh-huh. thing that Solaris did, they uh, had their their sticky fingers in as many land conflicts as possible, just to keep the the small people small. Uh, which also fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now we can move on to a more interesting <laughs> villain. <laughs> um so yeah, n- next up we music. have Grah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next up we have Grah. Does anybody want to go ahead and uh take the floor with this one or should we all just uh take a like, should somebody go over the notes and uh, we all just pitch in where we remember? Because this this is where one of the bigger, the more involved uh, discussions for an antagonist for gear starts. Yeah. I think I'll let others lead on and I'll, I'll come in because there's a lot of bits that I remember. There's a lot of bits I don't remember. So I think it's going to help if someone that remembers more do step in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, Groff, yeah, is definitely one of the, uh, gosh, his story goes across, what, 500 years? Um, he is, I mean, he is one of the earlier incarnations of Fae, um, Lacan, and he basically had a very big villain switch when he couldn't protect uh Sof- Sophia his woman he, he loved when she sacrificed herself for Nissan and uh and then she then he was basically tempted by Miang uh, uh am I correct on that and that's what kind of turned think- him evil yeah, I think at some point um, Yang was imprisoned in Nissan during the conflict. And mm-hmm. After oh, right. Sophia they were gonna... had died, yeah. Uh, after Sophia had died, mm-hmm. she talked him into something, and then he he became evil. <laughs> I don't exactly remember. <laughs> Um, but uh, he hung around for five hundred years and disconnected himself from his original self uh i don't remember how that happened uh but that's was it was it i'm sorry was it like implied that he did 
body hopping, or maybe not? Uh, I think so, because I think he, in the current timeline, he inhabits uh, Faye's father's body. So Lacan himself uh, became a spirit and, and started hopping bodies at some point, which is why he's kind of mm. around. Uh, and Faye is the part of the contact that reincarnates. And I don't remember why. <laughs> and I apologize. I should know this. No, no. I'm no, trying to remember no, why, no. too. You're totally it, fine. The, the, the reason I've, it, I forget what the reason exactly is, too. And I just played this game over, like, uh, uh, six months ago. <laughs> I can't remember. I cannot remember for the life of me what the explanation was. Um, yeah, I did a, but he was a shell. He was definitely a shell when uh, he when he first encountered uh, when he encountered uh, Faye's father when he encountered Bacon. I forget why. Yeah, I, I did a deep dive on a fic that I wrote in 2015, and I learned all of the wave existence stuff, but I didn't go into graph. Look at this graph! But yeah, um... Oh, yeah, because like... A- yeah, it basically gives a uh, basically gives power to a bunch of villains through the game, and they often go nuts and like you defeat them, and you know, Graf already disappeared or something. <laughs> That's often what happens. But um, aside from that, stuff we wrote in here is uh, his motivation is to overcome Elton and Elton. Helplessness? How do I say this? <laughs> uh, and, like, basically, I think he wants higher power. Termination of an endless cycle destroying the world that is oh. gold. Oh. And, yeah, apparently he's defeated by merging with the Zohar. Was it called the Zohar Zone? He's always forget. Yeah, I think it's called the Zohar <laughs> yeah. Modifier. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and from playing Gears first and then going into Saga and I and seeing the save points being the Zohar in Saga, the, my first thought was just like, mm, stay away from spy. that thing. <laughs> spy on us. Be gone. Be gone. <laughs> um, yeah, I, w- I went to Z- Saga first and came to Zero years after. So. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, from what I'm looking at on a few sources is uh, Groff uh, was born from uh, Lacan's power, power, powerlessness at losing Sophia. And uh, he's a personification of Lacan's will. And he's an incomplete manifestation of the contact's power. So he's... It definitely has to do with the wave existence. I, I'm still a little unclear on what exactly happened. I guess when you're as powerful as the contact and a bit of you chips off, that bit is still powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay, I found it. In, ni- in 9501, during the 
um, Shavat Solaris War, Lacan was reeling from the death of Sophia and desired to find the Zohar in order to gain its power. Coming across a captive uh, Miang in Shavat, he helped her escape and they went to the land of Bethlehem. There, due to Eliam not being present, as well as Lacan's own incomplete spiritual growth as the contact, his contact with the Zohar was incomplete, changing him into Groff. So that's did his right. body die at that point, or I? That's it. Doesn't say anything, so I would imagine. I would imagine yes. Yeah, and I also noticed that. Yeah, the the uh, the wiki then confirmed that. Yeah, he did uh, hop from different people's wills. Oh, it says oh ninety five ten. Groff's physical body died at that point, leaving only his went will behind okay 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 Groff. he yeah possessing the will of others awaiting the next reincarnation of the contact Uh yeah he is an intense character that he is (laughs) but that's why we love him well then (laughs) yes (laughs) yes he he definitely gives off big like darth vader vibes to me. Yes. <laughs> he, he just yes. appears and like he's like <sighs> And I think also the <laughs> hit MMO Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh uh their uh main villain for one point and two point uh the design of graph uh was absolutely referenced <laughs> in uh the design oh. for Gaius uh Gaius That's pretty Delta. interesting. Yeah. Uh but huh. uh I think because I think too much about Mr. Van Balesar, uh they also pulled from Ramses too for him. Nice. <laughs> nice. And isn't um well maybe I'm over uh overthinking it, but I remember there was an armor or uh, helmet in Xenoblade X that looked very similar to Groff's hmm. helmet, but I don't recall that helmet. I don't recall either. Do you remember what that was called? I don't remember I used to put it on Bose because I hated Bose, but that made him a little bit more tolerable. <laughs> um, but I will look that up after the, the, we record. But anyway, do we want to move on to the next one? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go to the next one. We talk about Id. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. that the main yes. character counts as a villain in Xenogears. Yep. It's so fucking badass. And Id's motivation uh, for killing is very uh, very intense, uh, but also relatable. Uh, so uh, what I remember from my deep dive in 2015, um, uh, uh had been trying to get a bead on the contact and how he reincarnates uh, and uh, Miang uh, had reincarnated and ended up in Faye's mother's body uh, and she was able to bring him to Krellian at age four so that Krellian could perform terrible experiments on him uh, and uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's a reaction to the abuse combined with the power of the wave existence, or if it was something Krellian did on purpose, but uh, 
Faye's personality split, and Id became the angry one, and the one who was the most active. Uh, and as Faye grew uh, with Id uh, front, uh, he became just like a unstoppable destructive force. Um, right. So. <laughs> yeah, because basically Id was the personality that took all of that torture, right? Is just yeah. all the yeah. experiment. Yes. Uh, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably the one most awake for it. Uh, and then the coward was the one that got to, you know, be protected from it. Uh, but the thing is, is that the way that they explain it, uh, id and the coward don't split to protect each other. The coward splits off to protect himself and leaves Id to experience the pain. And that is why he is called the coward. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's still very interesting. It was really good, though. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that I did not really remember or, like, see. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I also really like whenever he pops in game and just... Gets super cool with his red neck and all. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that red oh, hair. Yeah, it's so <laughs> fabulous. It was that also at the time it holds was... up the Yggdrasil mm-hmm. is iconic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just fucking throws it at. Who does he throw it at? Does he throw it at Bart or does he throw it at Ramses? He th- I think he throws it up. He throws it at Bart because at that point I was like, oh my god, okay. did he just yeah, throw it at Bart. But it was like, no, no. Yeah, and then like in the middle of that desert scene where there are, there are no protagonists on screen, and the the uh, the Xenogears battle music goes like like the, the the mirror breaks is like holy shit who am I playing as and it's a cutscene you're not playing yeah. as either Ramses or Id you're just watching them fight each other <laughs> yeah at the time when uh, i remember when Xeno gears um when i first uh, got to experience Xeno gears that was my first time actually seeing a type of media where your protagonist is also your end antagonist and it's it's something i really wish we would see a little bit more love and thought put into because it's such a interesting and unique kind of way of storytelling and mm-hmm. It is just, it's just so good. <laughs> yeah, and it Gears also makes sense that it. it is called Id, named after um, the subconscious mind in one of Freud's works. People listening, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, because mm-hmm. I'm pulling this from something I read a long time ago, but it kind of represents a more primal side of us. And, uh, <laughs> Something a little bit more instinctual mm-hmm. and more impulsive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty fitting in Xenogears since it seems to be a more primal version mm-hmm. or primal side of Faye. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Yeah, I think from what I remember of Freudian stuff is that the id is the the uncontained impulse and the act of restraining the id is something that just happens uh, to, to keep society in place. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, it is very much an unconscious thing. And it's even put into play even more um, in the game because most of the time when you see it in the game, it's when Faye is unconscious. It's when the coward is completely unconscious. Um, like the first time you actually get a conversation with him, like a full-on conversation with him uh, when it's uh, him and Seton. That it was like, oh, okay, this is the same person. Okay, so this isn't like just a separate entity, like in a separate physical entity. This is the same entity in one place. It was just... It was just very mind blowing for me at the time when I was like fourteen, just watching this. I'm just like, oh, yeah. It was. It was just. It's very interesting uh, to see like just little bits and whatnot. How and how they how you can take something as simple as like a concept from like psychology studies and turn it into a like a a character. And it was pretty decently um, based off of that. Very good execution. Yeah, I think uh, Faye, as we know him, is a third personality uh, that may be much more in tune with the original Contact. Uh, and like uh, the story resolves itself where the Contact is able to uh, bring find uh, find unity between the coward and Id, and they're able to be. To, to work as one person and not like destroy everything discriminately, <laughs> indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. I just saw that okay. uh, some stuff got added. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I just re remember. I I'm just remembering stuff. So yeah, like the Gazel Ministry definitely probably should talk about them. Um. Yeah. I'll be completely 100% honest. I was coming into this full well expecting at least about each of these really, really big segments being anywhere from, like I said, 10 to 45 minutes because there's just so much. Mm. There's no way you can go ahead and just jam pack like you, you can condense it. There are some that you can condense, which is why... That's I feel like that's the order that we went in from like, OK, which ones are the more memorable ones that, you know, you only know you only see for like a few seconds to here's the actual real orchestrators and here's how complex and ridiculous some of them are. Yeah, Um, like this next these next ones we're about to talk about, they've been orchestrating and basically behind a lot of terrible events for what, 10,000 years? Oh, just about. Yeah. Same I'll with the one under. To that because I I don't remember a whole lot about them. <laughs> I also feel like the ones that are we don't really have much to say about. They're also villains. Yeah, we could probably just skip those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's more so <laughs> that. It's more so that these two that we these few that we completely forgot, they are actually very integral. It's just that you kind of don't like it, it's kind of like when you're playing the game. You don't understand how integral they are to the ser uh, into the actual like story until it comes to that point. Like the Gazelle Ministry, the first time I saw them, uh, but Gazel, I always call it Gazelle because it literally just looks like Wait, Gazelle. it's not Gazelle? 
<laughs> I thought it was gazelle too. I've heard, I've hear, I've heard some people say gazelle, gazelle. I always say gazelle. Um, so I'm just going to keep calling them gazelle. gazelle because it's closer to a French pronunciation. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always said gazelle. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like when I first saw them in the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I would see them in the game, my first impression was like, okay, these are definitely some people probably controlling the big baddie. But I didn't think, oh, these are actually some like really, 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 really old guys who just go ahead and basically orchestrate everything that aren't actually around or actually technically alive they're just like wills like what no i think talking about the gazelle ministry and then going to emperor kane and then ramses is a perfect ramp uh yes (laughs) i I like the idea of talking about them so here's what Mm -hmm. i remember about the gazelle and emperor kane who cares Um, so (laughs) when uh the ship crashed uh the eldritch crashed uh, Emperor Kane, like Miang. Uh, oh, jeez. There was a machine that made uh, the Gazelle Ministry because oh. the Eldridge had Cata- a lot of catamony. Uh, like, it, hmm? sorry. A uh, catamony. A uh, catamony. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Device uh, catamony. I think. Um, sorry. Yeah, the, the catamony device within uh, within the Eldridge was sort of like designed as an arc ship. Uh, so Emperor Kane or Miang pressed a button and the Gazelle Ministry was born out of this like seed program. Because everybody but Abel had died at that point. <laughs> uh, and Miang was there. Uh, I, I don't remember how Miang split off from Ellie at that point, but Anyway, the Gazelle Ministry um, apparently uh, had a bunch of uh, things that related them to uh, the other player characters, like Satan and Bart, uh, Rico, Maria. Like uh, it, originally, the, the the parts that made them powerful uh, used to belong to the Gazelle Ministry, but as the Gazelle aged and became less human, uh, they lost their um, their special, like, Zohar resonating stuff. <laughs> uh, and that's probably not even what it's called. Um, but I think uh, it's been long enough that I forget, but uh, Emperor, like, the Gazelle and Emperor Kane and Miang all worked in unison at the time to bring about, uh, or to start to bring about Deus's resurrection. Uh, and over time, uh, the goals of the gazelle and Emperor Kane's goals started to uh, float apart from each other. Uh, and the gazelle uh, and Miang were always just sort of like, oh, we're working to resurrect Deus and everything else does not matter at all. We'll manipulate whatever we have to manipulate and, uh, you know, <laughs> fuck everything else, Deus. Deus all the way. Um, somewhere along the path, something happened to Emperor Kane to make him doubt the gazelle uh, and uh, and Miang. And I think at that point, uh, Krellian was working with Miang uh, and the gazelle uh, against Emperor Kane 
because they recognized he was sort of like floating off from the original goals. And Emperor Kane was thinking to himself, like, what if these people who we've bred like cattle to be food for God, what if they matter? Uh, and uh, the whole thing with uh, Emperor Kane sending uh, Satan to the surface to watch Faye uh, is because he had his doubts. Uh, and I'm not sure at what point those doubts surfaced, but uh, Ramses is because <laughs> uh, the gazelle didn't... Some, Emperor Kane said something at some point, or started doing something at some point, that made the gazelle start to distrust Kane. Uh, and when when he started doing that, they were like, hey, Krellian, we should probably clone Emperor Kane. Because he can't be killed by anybody but himself. And he won't kill himself. So we need something else to do it. Uh, and uh, I think uh, the Ramesses project was started as a... Uh, it was billed as a project to create an artificial contact. So create a separate fae. Because they, can't find, because they couldn't find fae. Um, but then they found Faye. <laughs> uh, and then, but I don't want to move to Ramses, uh, just in case anybody else has something to say about the gazelle and Emperor Kane. Uh, no, that was, that was super cool. Okay. Yeah, I think that <laughs> was pretty cool well, um, I think that was pretty well, like, summed up because, like, I, like I mentioned when we were saying, yeah, these could go ahead and go on. These two in particular, they're so integral to the story. But there's not too much to say about them because it's kind of it's put out there pretty pretty bluntly. The yeah. end results of their meddling, in this case, um, their decision to go ahead and create Ramses is one uh, is what is like what is the the meat and bones of what we're about to talk about. Which I'll go ahead and give mm -hmm. it to you. If I go ahead and say. Go ahead, cat. Please. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, 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 off. go, 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 go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, Ramses was created. Uh, I think he was about ten years old, but he wasn't a normal clone. Uh, he was a brain in a jar, uh, and I don't remember why he was like that, but. Um, they had to be careful about cloning Emperor Kane because they didn't want just uh, another uh, because Kane would recognize his own look uh, because he remembered it and the Gazelle Ministry also remembered it. Um, but uh, so oh, <laughs> just trying to find a, a good, understandable outside my head way to explain this. Uh, but so, uh, I think Ramses had, uh, Ramses was conscious, uh, when, uh, Faye's mother came to Krellian and was like, hey, we don't need this. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he, he saw, like, he was witness to everything Miang and Krellian said about, hey, uh, this this project was going to be pretty important to us, but now we ha we don't really need this at all at all anymore. So it was just like, hey, you're 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 ten years old, and you think that your your science dad loves you, 
you've got this really cool like jar that you live in and you're gonna be you're gonna be an adult one day and you're gonna rule the world uh but except for the part where somebody else exists now and you don't you get flushed down the drain <laughs> and into the garbage chute uh and uh I watched a video that went into a story that was written about Ramses that was not translated into English, but uh, when Ramses as the brain in a jar <laughs> ended up in, in, in the garbage pile, there was a Salarian citizen, I think he was, it's always either third or first class, uh, there was a boy named Karan Becca. Uh, who was rum rummaging around in the garbage for I don't I don't remember why, but uh, uh, the brain Ramses was like, oh, I will ride you to the top, and he sort of like consumed this poor boy and took over his body, uh, just because he he was intent on surviving. Um, the 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 one string with Ramses is that he's fucking stubborn and he wants to survive uh and he wants to live um and and he's also huge inferiority complex um so he's always going on about his prospects and his prospects were uh to be like a replacement for somebody important whether it be emperor kane or uh fey um but uh, so he's got this this body of this uh, I think he was like thirteen or fifteen year old kid and uh, goes back home to where where his parents live and he pretends to be this kid who apparently was not very well behaved but all of a sudden he's he's very well behaved uh, and I think at some point to to throw his parents off the scent quote unquote parents uh, he fakes a an accident and his parents building burns with them both inside of it and then he i think he he gets to enroll in uh Jugend, uh the the gebler academy uh, uh after no. that um just because like it's uh, it got a little weird pretending to be somebody who is not but uh the words that Krellian had put in his head. He's like, haha, garbage, garbage, garbage. Uh, Ramses got to repeating to himself whenever he made a mistake. Um, and let's see. So Ramses as an adolescent had this like extremely uh, intense revenge slash have to prove yourself kind of thing happened to him. Uh, and I think whenever he noticed that there was somebody being uh, sent to to the Soylent system or expunged despite him seeing use in them, he was like, no, you, come closer, you can work for us, it doesn't matter. Because I think the initial uh, act of being uh, flushed down the drain <laughs> sort of like broke <laughs> any kind of uh, attachment Ramses had to Salarian ideas of superiority. Like, it doesn't matter who you are or where you came from. He came from literally the gutter. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think uh, his his want to survive and build up and make, and, like, want to make sure that, that 
people who were somewhat worthy got a chance uh, ended up accidentally being good, despite his intentions just being kind of cruddy (laughs) and bad and Mm -hmm. seated in revenge. um, Because, like, uh, he saved Sigurd from the Soylent system. Uh, I think Satan got in trouble and uh, he was like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter <laughs> if Satan Izuki is a third-class citizen. He is an element. <laughs> I have to do like a, a promo, <laughs> a wrestling promo as Ramses get like a, a wig or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forget where Jesse came in, but Jesse was a senpai at school, and basically Ramses got in his group and started um, not really co-opting, but like. Ramses and Jesse, uh, Billy's father, um, got to hang out, and uh, Jesse was kind of anti-establishment himself, and that uh, that aligned with Ramses's uh, "it really doesn't matter where you come from" thing. Uh, and the the elements formed as kind of a uh, anti-establishment group within the school, which was very dangerous, and I am very surprised that. Uh, Emperor Kane and the Gazelle Ministry and Krellian saw this and let it continue. <laughs> but it did, uh, and it was very interesting. Uh, it's like my favorite part of Zoom Gears. Um, uh, but uh, the thing with Ramses is that uh, despite him wanting, or in spite of, slash because of him wanting nothing but revenge and the chance to like, say, hey, I get to exist, that's always pulled into question. Um, Krellian and Yang uh, always knew uh, how to push his buttons and how to control him. Uh, so the moment Faye comes into the picture, it's like, oh, well, we don't need you because Faye. Uh, and Ramses just sort of like fluffs up like give the character and is like, no, you need me! <laughs> Um, and I'm losing steam and I apologize. Uh, sorry, but, sorry. It's no, it's that. okay. I, it's a I lot. I think, it's a lot. Yeah. It's fine. Ramses was able to, yeah, to, thank you. Uh, Ramses was able to live off the radar, more or less, uh, for a while. Uh, but by the time I think we, uh, all of the elements together, like Jesse, Satan, uh, Sigurd, uh, and Ramses were, were all the four of them together. Um, current Miang reincarnated into the body of Miang Hawa, uh, and she probably she she was probably a sort of like just a regular Gebler or Yugen student, uh, and she recognized Ramses, and she was like, "Oh, hey, Krellian, guess what? <laughs> guess who's here?" Uh, and um, I think the there is a very I <laughs> there is a thread where I take a look at something and I see oh hey here is this boy who wants to build other people up uh, and there's uh, these boys that he hangs out with one of them is very queer coded Sigurd. Uh, and I, I ship Sigurd and Ramses like really, really hardcore. <laughs> um, 
and like Miang sort of butting into and complicating their relationship, I see as a huge negative uh, and negative overall for uh, Ramses, Ramses in general, because uh, Miang purposely pulls Ramses off the the whole uh, uh, pulls Ramses off his original goals and more into oh hey you can do uh, this other thing and affect small slow change instead of big radical change that you want uh, and I think uh, that's that's part of the 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 whole Solaris as the enemy Deus as the enemy the gazelle as the enemy uh, kind of thread. <laughs> uh, part of why I'm really not into Miang. Um, but, <laughs> like, it, it ultimately, uh, goes, puts Ramses in a place where he questions himself and isn't built up and is pulled away from the people who care about him enough to question him, uh, into a place where, uh, people are like, people, who are like empty, empty people just say, Hey, you're great for no reason. And, uh, into a space where he's the senpai, he's being looked to, and he's expected to do things that a person who is looked up to does. Uh, so by the time Ramses, uh, saves the girls, uh, he's no longer the, the, the radical monstrous person he used to be. Uh, and, there's very little hope of him being that person anymore. It's just like he has just become the person Yang and Curlian need, needs him to be. And like when, like when Faye actually comes onto the scene, it's like that is that is the thing that has been going to happen, finally happening. And he just sort of like gives up. Like he he melts. Uh, like everything that he tried to build unglues just to swipe at Faye. And it's, it's wild to look at and like extremely entertaining to see. And, um, based on my own personal stuff, um, I, I relate to it a lot. <laughs> and that's, that's why Ramses is my favorite character and why I'm talking so much. <laughs> and thank you for letting me talk so much. It's alright. It was great. <laughs> now I need a water. Yes, I, I do. Yes. Please. please go get some water. Yes. <laughs> Just popping yeah, in. Yeah, go get some water. It's very important. <laughs> Thank you. So it, it, it very much is. Okay, good. <laughs> And Jess, you should definitely pop back out because we are still in the Xenogears super spoiler territory. I will do that. We love Sorry. You, we love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I was just about to say uh, our next one I believe was highlighted by by Brielle who wanted to talk about <laughs> Yang. And since we just spoke about Yang, well why not go in there? <laughs> oh boy. So, Miang, known as Mia Hawa in the in the like Japanese translation, is probably the actual main antagonist of the game uh, through her um, constant manipulating, orchestrating all the strings behind. Um, 
behind the scenes, all that sort of stuff. And when you first meet her, you're just you you just think she's this uh, sub lieutenant that basically acts kind of like Rams's secretary. That's when you first see her, you're just like, okay, um. You're either you're either gonna look pretty or you're gonna be like messed up, and then you find out how messed up her her actual involvement of the story is, and you're just like, um, what? <laughs> it's um, it's like it's very like simple. You can simplify this a lot with her, but the lengths this this lady goes to go ahead and carry out her entire um purpose in uh creation is just like it's ridiculous um she is basically a duplicate of the mother of all humanity um and is basically the um what is it what is she called again she is the where is that i had it in my notes um she is the compliment. She's the compliment, whereas the uh, the main uh, the main uh, female character the of of the series, um, Elium, is the antitype. Uh, they were basically two halves of the same coin, except one was made to basically comfort the original contact, and the other was made to go ahead and go into the big big baddie. However, when you, even though, like, Deuce is definitely, like, the actual antagonist of the, of the game, Miang is definitely the actual antagonist and the one you want to watch out for. Cunning, manipulative, oh, yeah. literally goes ahead and pulls everything into, into her favor. The, just the most, the most amusing thing, and it's, it's even in the notes here, is that, um... <laughs> She was given bad. She must have been given bad instructions because she has failed at her um, at her uh, designated like programming to revive Deuce. Like, because her entire goal is just to revive Deuce at any cost, and it's just. But it's also interesting because of how often she goes ahead and goes to do that. Um, but a more interesting, but a more intriguing thing, like to me at least, from what I noticed when I played through the game multiple times, is um, she's really good at faking being an actual person, like to a creepy degree that you can only really tell that she is definitely not human from the get-go on your second playthrough because you're a little bit more aware of it. But something that I really enjoyed was the fact that you just like, okay, is she human or is she acting like a human? We don't know at that point. You don't know when you first go ahead and see her. You just see her as this like side background character in the in um the fight when they're going to get Margie. She when you first encounter yeah, and true. you have to fight Ramses, she's right next to she's right next to him in the background. Basically, just looking like a secretary, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and you just you think, oh, she must just be like, you know, secretary. Oh, mister, can I help you with this? Mister, can I help you with that? And then you find out, no, she's actually the one orchestrating everything. She is literally manipulating this poor guy. 
out of all those really good ideals that Kat went ahead and went on to, I mean, went on, went, went off on, because they are, he, he had really good intentions, but it was pulled away completely. And she basically just wanted to go ahead and stick to what was probably her protocol. Um, the actual, like, definition of, uh, she's a whole, like, load of, like, uh, wait a sec, no, that's not the word I want. As you can tell, I get a little overexcited about this because this is a character I don't get to talk about a lot with. Um, my husband's still playing through the game, and oh. he has no idea about this other than why does one of my main antagonists look a lot like this one? <laughs> he has no idea of how much in, in inspiration and influence that this this particular character has had on my own works. Um so I can't wait to see his reaction. So I don't get to talk about this a lot because I'm trying not to spoil him because I want him to go into it completely blind. Um, so little, little excited and whatnot. Um, but it's just she's she basically, like we said, she just wants to revive Deuce and she'll do that at any, any, any. um, What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Any means necessary, any means necessary, any cost, any means necessary, manipulate, subdue, uh, cool humanity, literally uh, pit other parts of the playing field towards each other. Because another thing that she does is um, she is the executioner. She is the one who goes ahead and purposely throws Faye into prison in... Um, I forget how to pronounce its name. Where is the oh, prison located? I know it starts with a K. Oh, oh, in Kislev? Sorry. Kislev, Kislev, yes, in Kislev. She's the executioner that goes ahead and delivers Faye and, the, and his gear to Kislev. And uh, probably just because she wants to see what, what will go ahead and go on. Um... Another thing that is interesting to note is that uh, she has gone, she's able to go ahead and go through many, many bodies. Uh, by the time she gets to Miang, uh, in the present timeline of the game, she's on her 998th body. That is a lot of people to live through. Wow. A lot of people to live through. I believe um, when she finally takes over Elium, that is like one away from being a thousand. It's it's ridiculous when you think about that. Yeah. Um, and one of those bodies mm -hmm. being Faye's mom. Yes, that's because all women possess the genetic factor necessary to become the next incarnation of Mia. When the current incarnation dies the next the genes activate into another woman's body just like that so um i think it's actually implied that even if it's uh even if she like goes ahead and like she's in a body and then she basically just like dies she just instantly takes over another person there i don't think she's actually fully reincarnated into a lot of them i think it just it's a it's like Snap of the fingers. It's just like that. Yeah, don't they just um, turn into her? As shown as, you know, mm -hmm, yeah, which she, I, she just inhabits them. Yeah, which is why I feel that. Um, which is why, at least when I played it, I felt like um, that's one of the reasons 
why uh, Faye had such bad trauma and basically ended up making another personality to be able to take the abuse because I think he was used to a very kind and caring mother. And then Myung basically just like took over and turned her extremely cold and he just had to go ahead and endure through it because she had her reasons. Krylian had his reasons. And uh, that's really all there is to her motive. She is uh, she is why a computer like basically a program should not be in charge of um, making sure a gigantic uh, blob of uh, death, as I like to call it, um, comes back because yeah. she does mess up a lot. Yes. She messes up a lot. But just the fact that you take this this character who looks like she's going to be so insignificant and then you find out, no, that's actually, that's your bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one you should want to try and go ahead and find a way to get rid of. But guess what? You can't because every single time you try and get rid of her, she comes back again. Which is, isn't that how she actually ended up back? Uh, isn't that how she actually ended up in Elium? So, uh, she basically goaded Ramses into killing her, and the mm-hmm. closest woman to her at that time was Ellie. Uh, yep. So, yeah, she lined that up pretty perfect. Yeah, she did that on purpose. Uh-huh. It's, it's, and it's like, it, is it because she realized that that is the, her other, the other, like, part that's split off from her? Or is it also just because she realized that, oh, I could use this against, you know, I can use this against a contact and finally carry out my carry out my purpose. It's like you don't completely know. It could be any which way. I like to think that Miang can recognize Ellie, uh, but I don't know the science of it. But I do know uh, now that uh, the the translation of the. Uh, Xeno Gears anthology, like the comic anthology, there mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. few moments that Miang has where she's like, "What if I just wanted to sit back and like Ramses?" <laughs> uh, but then she goes mm-hmm. back to just you know following her programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, sometimes she's able to go ahead and fool people into believing that she's actually a human a little too well. It's like. She she's able to go ahead and actually like feel and replicate human emotions, but like I said in your second playthrough, once you're aware of all this, you start noticing the little telltale signs. Like you're a little too calm for for a situation like this. You're able to keep your cool together a little too well. Um, are you sure? You know, you're not just a uh, uh, what's the word you're called just acting along and that's one of the like the mo- more interesting things i found I-, I i saw about her character is you're just you're really just a manipulative per- um thing because <laughs> we don't even know like if uh like what she was before she was just a program and why she was able to take on like uh such a close genetic um like a 
genetic like a uh, copy of like a human in the first place and we'll never find out it's all just speculation at this point but um she's just uh she's just very fascinating to me um and i think i'm just gonna go ahead and stop right there because i could go on for another like 20 minutes but i don't want to just go yeah. ahead and go in circles yeah. let's <laughs> go on next one yeah which yeah speaking of uh miang we are going on next to krillian which um as we've kind of already gone into um besides you know kind of messing up uh ramses's life krillian started off everything by being uh i guess uh He's been around for a while. He's been around for 500 years. And I guess originally he was going to assassinate Sophia. But he defected instead and basically fell in love with her. Even though she's like 10 years younger than him. Um, but then yeah, there was that... Problematic age gap there. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So then from there, uh, he developed a, a rivalry of sorts with Lacan, who also was in love with Sophia. Um, and then there was the Solaris-Shivat-Nissan War. Um, and once uh, Sophia sacrificed herself, uh, that's kind of where both Lacan and Krellian kind of split off into their own kind of yeah sorry it's okay honestly um, I don't remember have... enough about <laughs> Krellian to add on to it <laughs> yeah just not much I can really add to this He's just trying to overcome his own helplessness and basically create God. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's obsessed with Sophia. <laughs> yeah, create God and return back to Earth uh, for some reason. I don't remember exactly. But he was also a huge simp for Sophia. <laughs> Very much so. And at the um, end, he basically just kind of achieves his goal a little bit. He basically, I mean, I mean, not a little bit. He does kind of just kind of f's off and in search of going back to Earth, right? Basically, at the end. Or, or am I misremembering uh, that? He goes. He goes off with the waving. He goes off with the wave existence to where the the wave existence goes, which is mm -hmm. uh, kind of weird that the wave existence would be okay with that, uh, seeing that he worked for a long time to to keep it in its space. But you know, I'm not the wave existence, and the wave existence can do what what it uh, wave existence can do what it wants because it's the wave existence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good explanation. <laughs> that is a very good explanation. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it, uh, well, uh, yeah, it's 
it'll do what it does. Krillian was kind of interesting, Cover. mainly because he was one of the more human um, antagonists. Um, and yet he was the one who, he was the only one who really got a, <laughs> I guess you could say, uh, out of the main, main villains, he's the only one who got like, oh, you got off, you got off pretty light considering yeah. all the crap you pulled off. Yeah. <laughs> considering all the shit you pulled off in the background, just like, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he you get to pretty go much showed up really late with the in the game, wave existence. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's like, hey, buddy, I've hated you for years, and I want your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and your uh, higher power. How about you just hand that over? No? Okay. I'm leaving with the higher power. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's basically him in a nutshell. Um, mm -hmm. from like a science, uh, you still got to think about like what his character was had to have been like because how was he okay? He like what went ahead and like made him like go ahead and do some of the things that he did. Like, what would you think would go ahead and like possess somebody to do something like that? Because he put quite a few characters through some really fucked up shit when some of them weren't even born. Yeah, I think there was a point at which uh, Krellian had uh, basically immortality uh, given to him and at the time just just wanted to make it so that he could be with Sophia at some point again. Uh, instead, uh, he just sort of uh, became embroiled in the machinations of the Gazelle Ministry and Yang, and never really quite ended up with what he really wanted. Uh, and I don't feel bad for him. Uh, and I think, uh, I think one of the big things is that uh, he couldn't. Uh, Lacan could not save Sophia from dying, and neither could Krellian. Uh, and I think finding out how to cheat death and then, uh, seeing Faye reincarnate over and over again, uh, and getting to be with the person that he wanted to be with sort of, like, added to the revenge, but also Krellian doesn't seem to be as much of a mess as Ramses does, uh, despite being, like, initially motivated by the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still Shall love the, the little... Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's good. Let's finish Xenogears. <laughs> yes, we are at the final bit of Xenogears, and this is... <laughs> I was gonna say... He was a final boss, but then I just remembered that nope. Deus is not the final boss. <laughs> Technically, at least. Nope. But it is the reason for the... It's the origin and basically the whole entire purpose for the conflict of the entire game. Mm-hmm. It's all it's, to put uh, together this <sighs> old weapon, basically. This, like, organic weapon, in a sense, too. This, like, weird uh -huh. bioweapon that, uh -huh. if I remember correctly, uh, the reason it was even such a problem was uh, 
it was deemed too dangerous for its location, so it was being sent off. And the easy, the first thing that could go ahead and take it, of because of the, it, it's such a gigantic size, was like, wasn't it just like a normal cruiser? <laughs> wasn't it just like a normal like cruise ship? I don't mm-hmm. think it was like a, a pleasure cruiser, but it was uh, some sort of uh, arc ship. Yeah, that that's what I meant. Like when I, when I meant a, when I say cruise ship, I meant I that that is exactly what I mean. Like it cruises, at, like but it's like it carries a bunch of like civilians, basically. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because um, it's it was super super powerful and. Uh, it started to take over the ship because it realized what it was supposed to, it was about to go ahead and be destroyed and it overrode the ship and crashed to the planet which then you know basically set set the set the motions in work the only thing that went ahead and went went completely astray from the from its uh, intended um purpose and project was uh Abel had contact with the Zohar. Um, yeah, I think the, the Zohar was intended to power it, which mm-hmm. is why uh, it wanted to control it. But it's also yeah. why the, uh, I think it, the, the Zohar modifier was used to power it, and the Zohar modifier uh, trapped the wave existence within it, and Deus needed it to survive. So, Yeah. And that's basically, like, without going into way more detail, that's basically what Deus was. That, that is basically what Deus was. Save the game? Wait, are you there, Jess? Hello? Jesse? Yes. <gasps> oh, hi! How it, is, it didn't pick up, sorry. Um, Audacity okay, cool. definitely did, so we're good. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll just do some editing and probably put this in the bloopers as well. Yes. Okay. I need water. <laughs> Go okay, for it. No problem. <laughs> I guess this is all our, our hydrate moment. I'm gonna do that as well. <laughs> hydrate. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say, will we need to make each series a, its own episode? So, let's not spend too much time on this. Yeah. This is why, like, we should do two sections, because I know y'all like to ramble. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like once best once I'm me. on the other side of Ramses, uh, I will shut up forever. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Oh, <laughs> no, unless you want me to. No, just not. No. <laughs> okay.
Since uh, Miang came up, up. Oh, oh, are you? Oh, sorry, Jin. You were cutting out a little bit. Um, Oh, sorry. I was just gonna do the same thing you're doing, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm hungry. What the what the heck is it? Up. Oh. We lost somebody. Who did we lose? Who we lose? Uh, it was HK. Oh, <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, no. Keep oh wait a second. Going. She said. Yeah. Is that her connection? Okay. Welcome back. <gasps> Welcome yeah. back. Okay. Uh, I don't know um, if it's fully hmm? fully back, but let me just check. Yeah. The oh. whole modem basically ah. crashed for a second. Yeah. Just keep <laughs> okay. going. Um, but I think yeah. the connection basically, is good. um, <laughs> I think <laughs> she is just like, like we Maybe. said, uh, she's she's uh, or Krellian. Oh, I'm still a robot. It's Krellian. We, we hear you, we're good, we hear you. Okay, okay, yes, yes, it is Krellian. Yay! Does that mean we're done with Zone Gears? Yeah! <laughs> oh, we yeah. actually got through it! <laughs> I guess I'm gonna bing Whew. our two friends that were sitting in the background. Yes. Okay. And I think what I mean... Yeah. Yes. You can tell them to come back. And I think... Do you want to, like, split the I episode I think what here? I'll do that. I'll make this one episode... We'll keep the recording going, but we'll I'll just split okay. it into, like, three episodes. Yeah, Sounds we good. can split it here. Well, three episodes, but who knows how so... long Xenoblade will take us. <laughs> Please switch to disc two.